Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Thursday in Jacksonville. What a terrible day out there. <laughs> Once in a while we get these kind of days. Absolutely brutal. So stay safe and uh, hope you had the umbrella. I've had two two changes of uh, shoes already on the day. That's tough. <laughs> Can't walk outside without getting through some puddles, that's for sure. Um, fired up a little bit uh, today. I, I love meeting sometimes. I hate meeting sometimes, but I love meeting sometimes, at least when you're planning toward, like, uh, the draft and kind of gets us going a little more than a month out from the NFL draft. The Jags with the number one overall pick. Of course, Action Sports Jacks be all over it. We've got Shockier Mock season coming up next week as Austin returns and then uh, Action Sports Jacks uh, on the road in between now and then uh, gathering some stories on TV, CBS 47, Fox 30, and right here on ESPN 690. Stuart Weber will be in Vegas uh, for us, and we will have extended draft coverage. I will tell you that, 7 p.m. until 10 p.m., side-by-side coverage on Action Sports Jacks like we did it last year when the Jags had the number one overall pick. So uh, that'll be on TV on April 29th, uh, 28th, excuse me. That's the Thursday on uh, Fox and CBS here in town. I think we have the draft, don't we, on ESPN 690? We usually do. So uh, we will have You can hear that number one selection right here on the uh, – on the radio. Brent Martin, no Casey Kurtz. No guest today. Why is that? Didn't text me back. Okay, just checking. I mean, what the heck? I'm not going to call him up. Didn't text me back. I mean, texted like four times. Yeah, it's tough. I think you should Are you a bad up. texter, backer? I've gotten worse, but you know, usually pretty good. You know, it's funny you say that. It's like, I've gotten a little worse, too. I'm, I'm getting... I'm getting worse at uh, returning emails as quick as I used to. Yep. And also sometimes texts. Uh, and I'm, I'm not terrible at it, but I don't think I'm as good as I, I was. And maybe there's just too much going on sometimes. Yeah. But uh, maybe that's the indication because I'm a big believer in trying to get back. But hey, listen, by the way, this guy had no excuse. I'm not going to let him off the hook. I not have enough excuses. Good. So anyway. Hold him to it. So is us. You got us. That's fine. After a fun week, Brian Middleton and uh, Noah Schlicksup and Matthew Driscoll. You got us, and then Austin will be back uh, tomorrow. You know, one of the big stories in town that's really floating around, if you look at, like, Jags Twitter, and you're like, okay, what's the NFL's big story today? Really, there isn't one. But the Jags, the Jags, yet, Jags Twitter story is really all about LaVisca Chenault right now because there's been a lot of rumors in the last couple of days. We said this on the show yesterday that LaVisca Chenault could get moved. And uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit on the show. Uh, is is LaVisca worth moving? I think he's the most disappointing player on the team last year. I also kind of like him. And I'm not sure I'd give up on him. So, or, but did the Jags already just find the replacements? I mean, is Christian Kirk the replacement as a guy who probably primarily plays out of the slot, meaning LaVisca? Right. Didn't Christian Kirk just replace him? Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of. That's what you're going to want Christian. You want Christian Kirk to be in his best spot, and we think his best spot is in the slot. So, yeah, kind of. Yeah, so uh, I do want to talk about that. We'll think about it for a couple minutes. We'll get to that uh, coming up on the Jacksonville Jaguars front. Um, and uh, NFL owners meetings, by the way, are next week. And, and then Jags are going to be able to arrive at the stadium 
like in a couple of weeks. Off-season conditioning starts soon, and I think even earlier for new coaches. And so in eight different places or nine different places as it worked out, uh, some of those teams will be able to get a little bit of a jump. Where do they do the owners' meetings? Like on a yacht or something? No, uh, at a very nice hotel oh. uh, in South Florida. It happens to be. It changes. It's been in Orlando. It's been West Palm. This time's West Palm Beach. It's kind of like the winter meetings, baseball? Moves around? Yeah. yeah it moves, well, so every other year it goes Arizona or Florida. Okay. And then it moves around. I don't know where. I've never been to the ones in Arizona, so I don't know if those are in different places. I just don't pay attention because I know we're not going. Right. Uh, but I've been, I think, now to Orlando. I've been to South Florida, and this one will be in South Florida. I've been to three different ones, I think, maybe even more than that, uh, in, in the state of Florida. And uh, so it's an every-other-year thing. And uh, we will uh, be down there on Sunday, Monday. Sunday, Action Sports X primetime. I'll, I'll do some reporting from down there. And then Monday... I uh, don't know really where I'll do the show from Monday or even if I'll do a show. I might be driving back, but I'll definitely have some content uh, for us from the owners' meetings on Monday. That's our plan right now. Uh, it's Sunday, Monday. And it's funny. It's like owners' meetings. like, oh, are you going to catch up with Shot? I don't know if we'll even catch up with Shot, but Doug Peterson will be there too. And all the coaches are there from around the league. That's really the best part. They do like a breakfast, uh, and, and you can get catch up with a lot of the coaches. And really what will be fascinating to catch up with the coaches about and even Doug Peterson, since we last talked to him, which was at the Combine, is did they see this, like, just bonanza of spending happening in the National Football League? I mean, it's unbelievable what has transpired over the last, I think somebody said the other day, maybe it was a 16-day window. I saw 39 Pro Bowlers combined. It's crazy. On, on different teams now in, like, a 16-day stretch. From Russell Wilson to Devontae Adams to Tyree Kill and the rest. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine these guys saw that coming at the outset. Now, the, the league circles, the behind the scenes, the agents, the, the people in the building, they have a feel for that stuff way more than we do, even though the headlines are like, what just happened? Like, they have a feel for that. But I can't imagine guys like Doug Peterson and even Trent Baalke saw all this movement coming uh, in the last couple of weeks. I just, I, I don't know if I'd believe them if they said they did yeah, especially when it's some of the guys that are like, well, you know, we heard about Russell Wilson last year, but it kind of went away and that kind of happened. But Tyreek Hill, that kind of happened overnight. We knew about Deshaun Watson. But a lot of these guys, it feels like it kind of came out of left field. Amari Cooper happened quick when it happened. So I don't know if you can have a gauge on it when stuff's happening that quickly, but it'll be a fascinating thing to hear because they're one of the teams that did not get one of the Pro Bowlers. Or Sheriff, maybe. Sheriff. Uh, I don't know. That's not as fun. I don't think they included that move. That was more of a free agency move. I think they were talking about trades. Okay. I think those were just trade moves that had happened instead of free agency moves. If you do the free agency moves, it'll probably be through the roof in terms of how many Pro Bowls um, in that regard. So, <laughs> did you see the Jags doing it is the real question. The Jags have spent a lot. They have invested a lot. And you brought this up today as we we're talking about some show topics. Um did you see the Jags spending all this, and, and is it going to be worth it? Yeah, it doesn't seem like. I mean, it seems like there's not a lot of respect out there nationally. I saw a couple different things over the last couple days that, like, the Jags are still an afterthought. And I guess I'm not surprised, but I am surprised when you spend all that money and the rest of the league throws a fit about how you spent your money. And then when you're talking about division rankings and conference rankings, you get stuff like, oh, and then the Jags are in last, obviously. Like, I don't, I don't understand how you spend all that money. You have Trevor Lawrence, and you're still mocked, if you will, to finish underneath the Texans. Like, that just doesn't 
I can't compute that. I can't even name a skill player on the Texans. Uh, that's a good question. It's Davis Mills and the boys, but we just don't know who the boys are. Okay, so I asked this question, okay? I just said this. The Jags spent... What is the money they spent, by the way? Is it like is some crazy, like $239 million or something like that? Sounds right. Something like that. Um, I shouldn't know that number. Think about the last two years. They've invested in now facilities, right? they got a facility being built. They've invested in coaches, <clears throat> lots of them, <laughs> over the last couple of years. Yeah. They've invested in Trevor. They've invested around Trevor. They're going to invest even more in this upcoming draft, and we haven't seen that yet. But here on March 24th, after spending $240 million and the investments that they made in facilities, coaches, and the rest? $259 million. $259 million? Yep. Is it fair to ask, have they gained any ground? Yeah. I mean, it's fair to ask. Absolutely. When you see, to your point that you just made, all the other big names that are moving around, like, those teams made moves and they necessarily didn't even have to. Like Miami was pretty set and they go out and get a guy like Tyree Kill to make him better. So I think that's a fair question to ask when you see all these other huge names moving and the Jags' hugest name is Christian Kirk. Uh, that's that boy helping us out here. Thanks for listening and jumping in. Uh, according to Kevin Cole from Pro Football Focus, this was a day ago, uh, he has an updated Pro Football Focus offseason improvement index. And this really centers around uh, the Dolphins signing Teron Armstead and trading for Tyree Kill. Dolphins are now in the top four of improvement. If if I'm Mm -hmm. reading the way this works, yeah, that sounds right. Absolutely. According to Pro Football Focus, through yesterday, and there really haven't been any major moves today, the Broncos lead the 2022 offseason improvement index. So the idea of this is the percent improved in wins above replacement. Oh, we have war in football now, too. I love it. We have Warren football. Is that new? Uh, I guess it sounds new. I've never heard of it. I love it, though. I'm with it. That's awesome. Uh, based on offseason roster moves, uh, this is going to surprise me, I think. Broncos, number one. That doesn't surprise me. They made a huge upgrade at quarterback. Yep. Fair enough. I'm going to get to number two in a moment. Okay. But I'm going to go to number three. That is the Raiders. I believe it. Yeah. Right? Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams. Yep. And, heck, you should account for losing Tyreek Hill out of the division. True. Do they factor <laughs> in coaches to this? I'm sure they don't, but. I don't think they do. I mean, sure, um, I mean. Cleveland is number four. Yeah, I guess. Got it's to. Huge, right? Potentially a huge upgrade, much like Denver. Yeah. I mean, Denver didn't make, like, a bevy of moves. Neither did Cleveland, but they have a pretty good roster, they feel like, and they had the big quarterback. Amari Cooper as well. The Dolphins, uh, I think somebody said they're in the top four. This would really be the Dolphins in the top five. That makes sense. I'm going to skip number six. Okay. I'm going to go to seven. I'm going to put the Chargers in there, and you'd buy that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, number six is the Jacks. So this index, the improvement index here, according to Pro Football Focus or this guy or this metric, war, wins above replacement, says the Jags are the sixth most improved team. Now, I want to do one other thing before I tell you who's number two. And now I'll just see if you can guess number two. But I go in the other – now nah, I got to do number two first because then I'll give it away. <laughs> Who's number two? Indy. Yeah, I kind of did give it away. Indy is number two. Yeah. With the Matt Ryan move, I what else did they do? That's it. Yeah, I think you're the only one that like you're like yeah. the biggest Matt Ryan hater though. I I I I don't get it. I don't get that. I really am on an island here, huh? You really are. Yeah. A lot of people think Matt Ryan still has good football in him, and then he can make the plays that you need to make. Like, they're not going to ask him to do a ton. 
You still got Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, like, I look. Oh, I, they got Yon, too. Oh, they got Yon. Yeah, good point. And that'll, that'll be good in Gus's defense. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, it should be good. Uh, see, here's the problem. All right, let me tell you the problem with Indy. Here's the problem Indy's going to have. All right. Indy was a turnover machine, if I remember, last year in terms of getting turnovers. It doesn't happen back-to-back years, folks. It doesn't happen. Right. Like, that's just not. That's like a give me that metric because that does not happen. Indy is going to let down in that department. And by the way, they weren't a turnover machine on offense. Oh, and by the way, Jonathan Taylor had an unbelievable year, like an epic year running the football. Yeah, they're going to continue to get better and add pieces. And Matt Ryan probably is a better quarterback than, than Carson Wentz. Can you do me a favor, Casey, real quick, since we're talking about this and I'm just trying to defend my stance on Matt Ryan? Sure. Cole, give me Carson Wentz's numbers from 2021. And his numbers aren't necessarily king here. I think if you looked all throughout the year, we said this on the show a bunch, because Austin and I had made a bet on if Wentz would be better than Rivers. And the numbers were pretty good for Wentz throughout most of the year. But the eye test for even the people in Indy that watch that closer are like, yeah, don't just follow the numbers here. It doesn't look as good as it is. But still, we're going to go to the numbers here because that's what we have. What did Wentz do? So 3,563 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. Uh, a couple of those came with his left hand. And then a <laughs> 62.4% completion percentage. Okay, so completion percentage isn't super high for a veteran quarterback these days. You figure Matt Ryan would be better than that. Yeah. Is Matt Ryan going to be over 3,600 yards passing? Yes. But not like a lot more, right? Not if they plan to run the football not the way they run. Not if they run the football right? the way that they did. Yeah, I would say 30, yeah, maybe, 37, Maybe five. it's to 4,000, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, is not like a huge number anymore. Mm. Uh, touchdowns are 27. Does Matt Ryan have? I think so. 28? What does he have, 38? Does he have a lot more than 27? 30, 32-ish. That's okay. what I'm thinking. So a handful more. By the I way, mean, the Matt QB... Ryan's going to throw seven picks, right? Yeah, 100%. The QBR, by the way, 54.7. What was Matt Ryan's QBR for Atlanta this year? We'll since you're looking them up. So anyway, that's I just I can buy into why in the, and I appreciate this metric uh, that stat boy love it. In fact, I uh, hadn't seen this, but Denver, I get it. Russell Wilson, you're adding like arguably a top four quarterback in the NFL uh, right now. I think Deshaun Watson for the Browns, huge upgrade over Baker Mayfield if he comes back and performs the way he had performed. I just don't see Matt Ryan, like, upticking your roster that much from at least a statistical standpoint. And I, I'm telling you, Indianapolis is not going to turn people over the way they did. That's just like, it doesn't happen year to year. You get lucky. Uh, they might still get turnovers, but they're not going to turn them over to that degree. And so I'm amazed that the Colts are at number two on this list. But the happy thing here, and this is what we're getting at, is at least for this list, from a very detailed metric standpoint, the Jags increased their roster and did a, and gained quite a bit in their roster versus the rest of the NFL. If you want to buy into this, they were the six best so far, and we haven't even had the draft yet where the Jags have, well, a heck of a lot of capital, 1, 33, 65, 70, you know, to really make some big improvements to the roster. So that's some good news. I, I don't know. I think the Jags really improved their roster. I do. But I feel like so did the rest of the league. And now, and we're going to get to Matt Ryan's QBR in a moment, but look at the rest of the division. This is what I wanted to get into. The Colts, obviously, mm. adding Matt Ryan, they say that really improved them. Tennessee is, is really in the middle of the pack, and so is Houston. They're kind of, I would say, in like the middle eight What did teams. Houston do? 
Well, I just don't know if he could get much worse. Probably. Okay. They got rid of Deshaun Watson. They went up. Well, but they, they, I'm not sure they factored in Deshaun Watson on the roster last year. I, I'm, yeah. From a statistical standpoint right. for this, you know. So, um, what was uh, Matt Ryan's QBR in Atlanta? 46.1. So, it was less than Carson Wentz. Yes. Wow. Correct. 39, 68. I still don't know if I fully understand QBR. I don't either. 20 and 12. And then completion percentage of, I don't know. So, it's just, listen. 67. The reason we asked the question is, <laughs> and by the way, uh, 10K pool, this is a good answer. This might be a really good answer. Addition by subtraction, removing Meyer. Oh, that's good. And that's actually, that's, you know, that's kind of like tongue-in-cheek. But it really might be a good answer. It might have been their biggest move. And I'll tell you this, too. I was in the building today, and uh, I've got to put this in a little perspective. We haven't been in the building a lot lately, like in the building building. I'm not talking about just like in a press conference room. And that's because of COVID, right? Right. And uh, so it's been a while. But I... I'm telling you, you could almost feel the difference in that building. Uh, you could, it, it, it was, I mean, it's it's March, right? So let me not over-dramatize this, but just trust me on this. You can feel the difference in the building. You can see the employees in the building. You can talk to the employees in the building. They feel a difference in the building day to day. And so there's there's something to that. that that's actually a very good take there that the subtraction of Urban Meyer and what this did to this locker room, to the building, to the franchise for a year, just to get that release of Urban and everything that came with it may be the the mountain of improvement that this franchise, their rookie quarterback, that locker room needed then to go along with the spending and everything else. And because I can tell you this, like Urban, I think, hampered the build. Like there was some just like this it's almost like it strangled the life out of the building what went on there in the last year. Right. As much as the backlash for Trent Balky was, Trent Balky didn't strangle the building. Right? I mean, that's a very public perception and fan base thing more so than an internalized building thing. I'm not saying they're throwing parades and, and clapping for Trent as he walks down the hallway. All right? right. But... I think that was way more adverse on the outside of the building than it was on the inside. I think you can make the case the Urban Meyer situation was way more adverse inside the building than it was even outside. I'm still not sure he got the amount of venom that he needed to get because people didn't know what was going on until maybe even an article came out last week, this past week. Right. You know? Yeah. To the fullest extent. And I'm still not sure we know exactly what went on to the fullest extent. Probably don't. Right? There's going to be a tell-all book someday by somebody that helps... Because I'm, sure, I'm sure they're like, like we've learned that there was more interaction with some players than others. Like, I'm sure Trevor Lawrence would have a lot to say. And that's to your point, that's probably a book a long way down the road. Yeah. So, uh, it's, I, I do, here, how do we get here? The Jags spent a ton of money, $259 million. They've, they've improved their coaching staff, we think. They made changes. They've got young draft picks last year, this year coming up. But did they gain ground on a what we talked about yesterday? That AFC is loaded, and everybody made improvements. And publicly, the perception is the Jags are still a bottom feeder in the AFC and even in their own division. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. What about LaVisca Chenault? Is he here to be a Jag for a while, or is he gone soon? We talk about it on ESPN 690. <laughs> 
that Pittsburgh, in fact, wants Malik Willis for obvious reasons, because he's a heck of a talent, most talented quarterback in this draft. They're probably going to have to move up from 20, and that gets into, you know, what happens with Carolina, Atlanta, Seattle. Maybe they want to move down a little bit and take the quarterback in the middle of the first rather than take a quarterback in the top 10. Oh, Mel Kuyper season. There you go. Got a little sound of Mel Kuyper. Is that what it was? Had to be Mel Kuyper, wasn't it? I clicked the first thing I saw. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Mel. Yeah, you better believe it. NFL, or ESPN senior NFL draft analyst. That's it. <laughs> um, all right, so here's a question. We're going to come back to it in a moment or two. LaVisca Chenault. Is he here to be a Jacksonville Jaguar for long? What do you think? Um, a lot of people vary on that opinion. I thought he was very disappointing last year for the Jags, but I also don't know if I want him gone. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about the wide receiver position for the Jacksonville Jaguars in a bit. Hey, if you could – did you ever play – you never played hockey, right? Uh, not organized. I practiced a little bit, but my mom was scared of me getting hurt. Like Austin, who's usually on the show that's not here this week, or at least he'll be back tomorrow – like, if he were to play hockey, he's 6'6", 245, he played in the NFL, he uh, fights MMA, he would be no doubt an enforcer. Yep. Like, would you too? You're 6'5", yeah, like, two bills plus. That, yeah, that's, that's, that would be my goal, absolutely. My favorite player, when I was one of my favorite players when I was a kid, this dude on the Lightning, his name was Andre Waugh. Uh, he had no business actually being out there. Skating was not great, but when he came out, the fans would just chant, we want Waugh, and he'd fight somebody. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. <laughs> well, let's ask our next guest if that's what he does sometimes. Travis Howe from the Jacksonville Iceman. Iceman, have a big weekend coming up. Uh, if we say Travis Howe, we say let's go fight. Is that what happens? Uh, let's get Travis, we're breaking up a little bit. If we can get you to walk a few steps wherever you are, um, hopefully your, your connection will come in a little bit better. Uh, Travis Howe with the Jacksonville Iceman. Uh, let's try you again. Let's see if we can get you. But uh, you guys got a big weekend coming up. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I um, – There you go. You're good. I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not much like that anymore uh, on the, the, the fighting aspect. Uh, I think the game's kind of getting a little uh, softer, I'd say, nowadays, to put it lightly. But, um, no, yeah, it should be a good weekend. Though. This, it should be good. Uh, by the way, I, if I look up Travis Howe, it, like um, hockeyfights.com has you pretty high on their list, so that seems like yeah. a badge of honor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I still get them in there, that's for sure. I, I, uh, it's kind of unfortunate. They got some rules and stuff nowadays to limit you and all that stuff, but definitely uh, – Definitely have to get him in there at least. Uh, hey, this is um, a, a big stretch run for you guys. It's been really a fun season for the Jacksonville Iceman. How you guys feel right now in, in terms of coming down the stretch and, and then really the, the second season, if you will, where you guys feel, I, I got to believe, that you can you can make a good run? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like towards the end of last year, we, uh, we started coming on pretty hot, but um, kind of ended a little slow anyway, but just missed playoffs. But this year it's kind of been, we've been riding high pretty much all year. Um, definitely the bumps in the road here and there, no more or less than the other team. But I'd say we're feeling pretty confident going into the uh, the last stretch here, and definitely going into playoffs. I uh, we were we were definitely talking today, especially that I mean, there's not a team that we don't think can hang with us when we're at our best, and um, we're just hoping that 
that's the way we're going to play the rest of the year. So should be good. What do you think the difference is in that? Uh, you just more talented? Uh, is there maybe a little bit uh, better chemistry? Did you get? Did you hit a good stride where the confidence just kept building? Is uh, is there a, a difference from last year that's notable to you guys? Um, I mean, I think like towards the end when we got when last year when we definitely got uh, had a little streak going, like and then we got most of those core group uh, guys back this year, and um, I think that added like a couple more pieces, and um, I just think it's been just everything's just been kind of clicking all year, and um, and yeah, and it's just like a real tight knit group there's never, there's really not anybody on a team where um and i find this to be kind of rare playing a couple of years now and uh where there's really nobody that is disliked by any means and everybody kind of enjoys going to the rink every day and i think it's uh it's pretty positive especially coming into the last stretch here that's cool travis Al from jacksonville iceman with us uh here on action sports jacks on espn 690 brent martin casey kurtz you guys play friday against florida everblades saturday as well seven o'clock games uh coming up this weekend they're expected to be physical matchups they usually are you uh, the rivalries that are built in the echl this is this is one of the teams that's been a pretty premier team over these last few years is it something a little different when you play the everblades yeah, yeah, that's, this is one of those games where if you're not uh, kind of losing a little bit of sleep over and you're, and you're not, uh, if you don't come to the rink in the morning fired up to, to play them and willing to do whatever you need to do to, to beat them, uh, then you got something wrong with you and really don't want you on this team if that's the case. But that's definitely not the case with us, especially this year. Um, kind of set the tone early with them and let them know that I think things are a little different around here now. So uh, and I think that's definitely been working throughout the whole season and definitely going to continue that throughout playoffs. Now, Alex Reed, who does media relations for the Jacksonville Iceman, you know him well. He sent me a note. He said, uh, you and, and Kyle Newber have already fought three times this year. Uh, do you just not like the guy? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things where he he uh, he's got a job, I get a job, and I I personally despise that team. Um, it's nothing really against anybody, I guess, on the team. It's more uh, just that organization. So um, I don't know. So it's just unfortunate that he's got to be that guy, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, either way, if, it's, if it wasn't him, it would be somebody else getting it. So <laughs> I love it. I mean, is there a reason why? I mean, do you, do you just – you've been around this thing a long time, man. You've been a lot of different leagues, but I've been around the ECHL a while. Is there a reason why um, the Everblades are kind of on that, that top of the list for you? Um, they've just always been, like, a really good team. Um, to, like, the, like, the players obviously playing against them. Um but yeah, I mean, I made uh, a couple years ago when I was in uh, in Greenville, different team in the South. I uh, may have had a little uh, on ice incident, and uh, that got me suspended for quite a while. And I know that uh, I don't know. Long story short, I uh, wasn't a fan of them and how they handled things after that. And 
So yeah, that was kind of my uh, personal beef, and so no matter what team I'm pretty much on, I make sure that everybody knows that <laughs> this is our new rival. Yes, uh, and I don't think you have to tell too many people in Jacksonville about the Florida Everblades in that regard. Travis out with us, Jacksonville Iceman. Uh, big weekend coming up Friday and Saturday against the Florida Everblades. And then, wow, I think of you when I think of the schedule because you play the Norfolk Admirals at their place five consecutive times next week. I mean... You already probably hate guys on the other team after one game. I can't imagine by game four or five of a series. Yeah, yeah, no, no, those, those games usually uh, usually get chippy um, towards the end for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully we're just we're, I'm, I'm just hoping that we go up there, we can get the the all five wins and kind of walk out of there and keep rolling and continue and uh, hopefully. Everybody's staying healthy coming down that stretch for playoffs, but I just think at this point, too, um, we like I said, we were talking earlier, and our goalie, Charles, he had said, like, playoffs pretty much starts now and kind of having that mindset. So it's pretty much no matter where we are, um, games are going to be hard, and we're going to do whatever we're going to do to win pretty much every night. Yeah, I mean, you guys really are getting down the stretch run. If you look at your schedule, I mean, you get two, two this weekend at home, and then your last two are at home. But outside of that, you're on the road the rest of the time. So uh, that's from a mental standpoint, you guys got to get ready for that and, th- and then right into the, se- right into the postseason. So uh, it's an interesting stretch uh, for the Jacksonville Iceman coming up, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, pl- give us a sense. In Jacksonville, we've seen playoff hockey uh, a couple years ago. But as a player – how much does it elevate? Like, we cover football a lot, and people will tell you, you go to the preseason to the regular season, there's, like, this huge jump. You go to the regular season to the postseason, there's another huge jump. Does that exist in hockey as well? Because we all love playoff hockey. We get to feel like that as a fan. Do you guys feel like it takes another, like, uh, jump up the ladder when you're playing on the ice? Yeah, I mean, I'll be first one to admit I'm going to be 100% biased here. I think playoff hockey at any level is better than any sport far and beyond playoffs and wise, but uh, I just think that it just, games just ramp up. It doesn't matter throughout the season. Yeah, you have friends and whatnot on other teams, whatever games can just be boring and nothing really crazy, but playoffs is just, it's a different animal. You'll do whatever you're going to do. You'll bite someone's arm off to get a... (laughs) get the puck in deep, let alone get a win, get a goal. Like, it doesn't matter. I don't know. It's, uh, and just the, the physicality, that whole nature of it. And, and like you said, too, like fans like that, and like we feed off that, I'm sure, just like obviously in every other sport. But, I mean, if it wasn't for the fans, we wouldn't be here. And uh, in Jacksonville, that it has far and beyond the best fans that I've, I've ever played in front of. And there's really no doubt about that. And That's awesome. I just... Yeah, so I'm definitely pretty excited to hopefully this team will put on a good run and bring that Kelly Cup home for for the fans for sure in the city and everybody else. Yeah, that's saying a lot, by the way. Travis Howe with us from Jacksonville Iceman. You've played in a lot of different places. Uh, again, ECHL for a while from Utah Grizzlies, Greenville Swamp Rabbits, uh, into the ACAHL, excuse me, with Tucson Roadrunners. Uh, Fort Wayne Comets of the ECHL. You go all the way back, Macon Mayhem, uh, Mississippi River Kings. You get all. I mean, do you keep the, the the jerseys? I mean, do you keep some souvenirs from all these stops, or do you have a favorite along the way? 
It's actually funny to ask. I actually, uh, not many souvenirs, but I definitely have like some shirts and stuff along the way. But I key, I try to keep all my name bars anyway uh, for my stalls uh, on most of the stuff. I mean, usually the ones that I'm, I'm I'm there for more than a year or two. So, um, but yeah, no, I uh, the favorite. I mean, Jacksonville. That's definitely obviously at the top of the list. Um, loved it out west in Utah just because out there was pretty cool scenery wise um doesn't really get much better than that but uh but yeah i mean at the end of the day you can't you can't be jacksonville coming doesn't matter what time of the year you're pretty much in shorts and t-shirts and going to the ice rink so i mean if anybody's got to complain about that then you can get out of here too yeah no doubt uh travis i was sorry let me leave you with this man uh i had to look this up you're from hull massachusetts if i've got that right um i'm from east providence rhode island and I was like, where the hell is Hull, Massachusetts? I couldn't figure it out. Uh, you're way out there on the on the, on the the water, it looks like. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm not sure why it says that. It says it on, like, my hockey DB thing. But I'm, I'm actually from, uh, originally from the Cape, but I lived in Hull for a while. Okay. Um, but, yeah, Hull is, like, just, like, the South Shore there. One way in, one way out kind of town. Um just like small little hard working town nothing beautiful spot though I mean you could see clear day you can see like the Boston Harbor like there this Boston skyline um at the very end of uh at the very end of Hull to I mean it's 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 a really nice view wise for like the ocean and all that stuff it's a pretty cool spot there still got some family who lives there I've up in uh up in North Weymouth now okay um yeah, Good not deal. too far from Hull. You big Bruins fan then, growing up? Oh yeah, Boston sports fans. Every every team doesn't matter. I'm uh, one of the one of the ones who let you, who, who let you know about it too. So. <laughs> hey, all for it if it's the Red Sox, especially man. Go Sox! Yep, Just yep. beat the Yankees, right? <laughs> love that, love that. <laughs> all right, hey Travis, how we appreciate you jumping on, man. Thanks. Good luck this weekend. Good luck the rest of the way. Can't wait for uh, some playoff hockey here in Jacksonville. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You bet that uh, Travis Howe, uh, he has a, a lot of different stops along the way. You, you go look at Travis Howe's stops. Uh, it's cool just to see the nicknames of the places he's been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, Stampeders, Islanders, Ramblers, Ice Rays, Drivers. The Berlin River Drivers. I saw that, too, and I was like, Germany? Like, I was confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> River Kings, Mayhem, Grizzlies, Swamp Rabbits, Roadrunners, Swamp Rabbits again, Comets, and Icemen. Yeah. You know, each guy we have on, and I understand there's probably a little bit of like, hey, you're on Jacksonville Sports Radio, you're in Jacksonville right now, there's some recency bias, you want to shout out the fans, but yeah. they do shout out the fans. But I think the guys that we've had on for the Jacksonville Icemen shout out the fans a lot. and mean it. Like, yeah. I think it's a very genuine thing. And, by the way, all you have to do is look up the – attendance numbers in the ECHL and you'll see that. So uh, to get, this is a really good hockey team. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be fun. Regular season closes mid-April and it could be a fun ride for uh, almost a couple of months in the chase for the Kelly Cup and and, uh, the arena downtown watching some playoff hockey because he's right, there's nothing like playoff hockey. Yeah, there's really not. At at any level. Yeah, playoff hockey is great. And Jacksonville might win something, so that's that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, they won a few ABA championships, like a lot of them. That's true. That's a good. Got that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Southern League Championship has happened. Been a little while. It's been a bit. Yeah. Um. Recency bias. We need something. AFC South. 
yep. division. Yeah, that was only a few years ago. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, I'm, it's, I'm, isn't it funny when you talk? We've had a couple of these guys on the enforcers, right? And yeah. they they all complain about the rule changes. Yeah, I know. It's funny. He's like, I'm trying to like, fight every I just try to fight, and they won't let me fight. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to ask him, but I didn't know if he'd get mad at me, and then I didn't want him to fight me. But You don't want that. Like, he's got 1, 2, 4, 6, 11, 13, 15, 18, 20, 20 career goals. Does he have more fights? Was that the question? Well, he's definitely got yeah, more fights. Yeah, yeah. He's got more fights probably against the one guy from Florida. That's but true. my point, like, isn't it kind of, like, great when you have no expectation to score? Yeah, I see what right? you're saying. Yeah. Like, and, and obviously. I see why that could go the wrong way, though. I could, it could, <laughs> but my expectation basically is to go out there and get in a fight, which also could lead to fines and suspensions, yeah. as he also mentioned. That is true. <laughs> All right, uh, Jacksonville Iceman home Friday and Saturday. By the way, only four more regular season home games for the Iceman. They're home Friday, Saturday against the hated Florida Everblades. Go check them out. Might see a fight if you go. I think you might like see a fight. Look for number. Look for Travis Howe uh, for sure for the Jacksonville Ice. We'll be right back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I promise we'll get to the LaVisca Chenault question right after this. The Kansas City Chiefs just got weaker offensively. I mean, it's every defense goes into the defensive game plan meeting that week. First and foremost, how do you stop Tyreek Hill? How do you stop him from ruining the game, getting over the top of your defense? I just think he was such a big part, a combination of his speed and his explosiveness with Mahomes' arm and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy's play calling. It was such a great partnership that it was so special. That element is now removed and they have a lot to make up for his production his explosiveness and the overall threat that he has to every defense they go up against sound like teddy brewski to me yep right on Brent Morton, Casey Kurtz here on a rainy Thursday in Jacksonville. Good to have Travis Howe on. Jacksonville Iceman home again Friday and Saturday. So go check him out. And uh, there'll be some intense games against the Florida Everblades. Just four regular season games to go. And then hopefully a chase for the Kelly Cup in the ECHL. Uh, LaVisca Chenault. This doesn't need to be a, a prolonged conversation. Uh, because I think we've talked about him a lot. Yeah. But it's really a buzz around town the last couple of weeks. With some rumors that he could be on the move. Uh, honestly... I can't substantiate any of those rumors, so I don't know if that's the case or not. Uh, but I could see some logic in it, given the additions, and I think they're going to make another addition in the draft, at least. So he could be on the move, and he did not have a good year. I could see why he fell out of favor, potentially. You okay if LaVisca Chenault gets moved, or you want to keep him? Uh, I'm okay if it comes at the right price. Like, if, if it's a sixth-rounder, absolutely not. Even if it's a fourth-rounder, absolutely not, I think. You, not a lot went right last year on offense especially, so you there's probably still more you can get out of LaVisca Chanel, but at times it did look bad. But if you can, he was a second-round pick, right? Yeah. So if you can recoup a second-round pick, if you can get a third-round pick. No way you're getting a second-round pick. I know. But if you can get a third-round pick, mm, you know, I'd, I'd strongly consider it. I'll put it that way. But for a fourth-round pick and you still don't know what you have, I wouldn't do it. By the way, the rumors uh Partly were Kansas City, right? Well, the Chiefs just signed uh, Marquez Valdez Stant Scantling, three-year, uh, $30 million deal, $18 million first two years. So uh, they already made a move at wide receiver. Listen, I, I, I can just be real simple with the LaVisca Chenault stuff. I thought LaVisca was awful last year. Yep. I don't know if that's Urban's fault, the offense's fault, the setting he was in. Some people 
can ignore that. Some people can't. I don't know if something threw him off his game. I don't want to be too super hypocritical because I like some of the things that LaVisca can do. I think LaVisca can be effective. I, I like when he has the ball in his hands. I also saw him run bad routes, I thought. I, I think there were some bad plays from a mental standpoint. Um, so they know that stuff way more than me. So I could see if he's worn out as welcome. But I'm just not sure I want to give up on that guy yet. I think he gives you a different wrinkle. And I can't get over really what Marvin Jones said last year. It was like in training camp. It's like he might be the hardest matchup in the slot. And that was one guy's opinion. It was his teammate's opinion. So it obviously came with a little bias. Right. But just think about what that – Marvin Jones has seen a lot. He, the guy knows – football and he knows how to play the position and he said from a matchup standpoint might might not be anybody like him i'm paraphrasing but that's i kind of like that i like matchups i think dan arnold's good in this offense or good for the jags because i think he's a tough matchup for people with his speed i think etn throws a wrinkle into your offense because he's a tough matchup i hope christian kirk now becomes a tough matchup i think evan ingram could be a tough matchup at the tight end if he fulfills his potential well, I think LaVisca Schnault is that way, too. Now, as an organization, you have to stop saying what if, what if, what if, right? Sooner or later, you got to do it. But I'm not sure if two years is enough time on LaVisca Schnault to see if we really know, especially after the disaster that was last year around Jacksonville. Yeah, and I mean, the one thing about LaVisca, which is fair, is if he could just get the ball in his hands more often and secure those catches, he is dynamic once he has it, to your point. So... And we thought they were going to figure out a way to use him a little more behind the line of scrimmage or whatnot. And then, obviously, the drops or just not catching the football was a problem. That's why, I like, the price has to be right for me to get rid of him because I think there is still more in there, and I'd like to believe Doug Peterson can get it out. What's interesting to me is, like, let me ask you this. Would you rather have Zay Jones or LaVisca Chanel? LaVisca, I think. Isn't that so weird? They just paid Zay Jones, like, what was it, three for $24 million? Yeah. And I mean, I mean, all I really know about Zay Jones is the really bad haircut. But I remember Derek Carr said that he was a hard worker. Like I remember that after that first game of the season last year, when he scored that game-winning touchdown, Derek Carr was like, "This guy will come and work out with me anytime I want. He's yeah. the first guy here." So I like to hear that about him. But like the stats, just he did some nice things too. Like he, he yeah. did some things, especially when they had all the problems in L.A. last year. I mean, in uh, Vegas last year. Mm-hmm. Then I think there were some nice. I'm not telling I I hate the Zay Jones signing. Right. I'm just kind of asking myself, okay, for three years, $24 million, or LaVisca Chanel, and I, it's kind of different anyway, right? They're different guys. So there's that, too. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, they're even bringing back Treadwell, and Treadwell performed better than LaVisca, but I'm not sure he's really a better option than LaVisca, given that, like, at their ceiling, right? Yeah. Or, or if they're both playing well. Again, decisions that they're going to have to figure out and uh, they know more. They have more information about the guy. And I will say this. It's getting crowded in the Jags wide receiver room. I was just thinking that. And it's going to get more crowded. They better be, at least. Yeah. Like, we all think they should go get another guy. So it's going to get more crowded in the receiver room. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Got a way for you to potentially get to the NFL draft in Las Vegas, if you want to listen to that and how you can. Coming up next. Oh. 